Welcome to the Deerland Podcast. It's episode number four. I'm your host, Mike Boley, joined in studio today by the big buck killer himself, Mr. Louis Zinn. How are we doing today, Lou? Hey, Mike. I'm doing good. It's good to be back. Yeah, we've also got our resident land specialist, Tyler Sellens. What do you know, Tyler? Oh, doing well. All right. And also, the most liked resident from Hamilton, Illinois on Instagram, the one the only, Ryan Kirby from Ryan Kirby Art. What do you know, Ryan? What's up, man? It's good to be here. Yes, yes. It's... uh. It's the rut. It's deer season. It's sweet November, even though that was a couple episodes ago. It's still here, and we're still living the dream with uh, our favorite time of the year. It's not over yet. That's right. A lot of hunting yet to go. Illinois' gun season coming up this weekend, and about uh, 36 hours from now, we will all be um, donning some blaze orange. and uh, Join that orange army. That's right. Get out there and get after it. I can't wait, actually. So I'm actually going to take tomorrow off from bow hunting just to uh, get everything ready. I got a new shotgun that I want to get sighted in. Haven't even fired it yet. So uh, looking forward to getting the old Ithaca Deer Slayer 3 out, seeing what it can do. So what you guys been up to? Anybody kill any deer lately? I tell you, it's been seven seven days ago today. I was standing over a nice big uh, Schuyler County 8-pointer. I got lucky. Uh, would have been November the seventh, and uh, got had an awesome hunt. Three uh, fifty-five p.m. I think is when I shot him, but uh, it was awesome. He came out in the middle of the field, and I I gave him a grunt, grunt and a snort and a little wheeze, and and brought him right in. And it literally took uh, forty-five seconds. It was over by the time I saw him. By the time he came in, and I, I hit him really good. He ran out in the middle of the field and fell over dead. It was just a one of those hunts that you see on TV, and normally those aren't the hunts that happen to me. So it was pretty pretty surreal. I was real happy with him. Was uh, the farm that you hunted this deer on? Was it a deer they were familiar with down there and had yeah, history with? Yeah. So the farm that I own, you know, I, I think I touched on it maybe in episode one or two, but I just don't have the age class bucks that I'd like to to see, and and there's not a lot of uh, shooters and um you know i, I got a, a good friend that's got a, a piece of property down in scholar county and um actually that morning i said i'm gonna check my cameras one more time and if i don't have any new surprise bucks then i'm gonna go down to scholar county and i'll uh i'll help you or i'll film i'll film for you tonight i'll run the camera and uh sure enough i didn't have any any anything on camera that i was too proud of so uh, we we packed our stuff up and we headed towards Rushville, Illinois. And uh, he said, "You know what? We need to split up. We need to hunt. We need to hunt on our own tonight." And he put me in a spot and uh, wasn't seeing much. I think we got in about one o'clock and we just weren't really seeing a whole lot. And then it can just change in a matter of seconds. Um, it was a it was an eight pointer that that we had a lot of pictures of. I say we because I help him set cameras up and uh, food plots and that sort of thing. So I kind of felt like I knew the property and kind of knew the deer that he was hunting most of the year. So, yeah, we were both familiar with that deer. And he was – he actually just showed up this year uh, on his cameras. We think he was maybe four or five. Um, He for sure wasn't any younger than that. But he just happened to show up, and the rest is history. It was really – 
really awesome hunt. Just a stud of an eight pointer too. He I mean, was just a yeah. beautiful. I mean, yeah, he was a just a big mainframe eight. Uh, what'd you say he scored out at one one forty seven? I believe it was. Yeah, which I you know I've always dreamed of killing a hundred and fifty inch eight point, and um, it just tells you. You know, when you look at the pictures of that deer, and I, you know, it just tells you how big a hundred and fifty or hundred and sixty inch eight. Yeah, and, is. and and if you check out uh, the Deerland podcast Instagram account, I do have a picture of that uh, yeah. of you and that deer on there, and it just looks like a monster. Oh, his frame oh, coming in was, you know, I mean, because he w- he came out in the middle of this field at one hundred and fifty yards, and I and I put my glasses on him. I knew exactly who he was as soon as he came out because we were my friend and I were just looking at the pictures of him saying, man, that's a really nice eight pointer. And as soon as he came out, I instantly knew. And it, I just went through the motions. It's like instinct takes over. You reach down, you grab your grunt call. I gave him one just, and then a snort wheeze. The, the grunt stopped him. The snort wheeze made him look. And I was sitting on a little clover plot and I actually had two fawns in the clover. And I think, his curiosity got the best of him. The wind was right at his back. I mean, he had no reason to come in there. But those two fawns were in the clover, and I think just hearing the grunt and the snort wheeze, I think he just had to come look at it, and uh, he ran, ran the whole way. Really? I mean, just From come, about how far away? Probably 150 yards. Wow. And and watching him come in with that nice big frame, uh, you know, it's, a, it's something you'll never forget. And then when, once he got in there to – 60 yards then you start thinking this is really going to happen and then you start you know going through the process of where you're going to put the well in my case i shot him with a crossbow um which i'm not ashamed of at all um first buck with a crossbow first buck with a crossbow i shot him with a raven crossbow and uh just zipped through him i think he was 43 yards and smoked him went out in the middle of the field and fell over dead but um and I would presume your biggest eight-pointer today, main for Absolutely. Eight. Yeah, sure is. Yep. Awesome, awesome hunt. November 7th, magical day. It is. You know, and you you talk to a lot of people, I think, historically for me, the first off is Bill Winky. That's always his favorite day. But I was just listening to a podcast the other night, and Michael Hunsucker said if he had to pick a date, uh, his would be November 7th as well. So um, a lot of people seem to seem to like that day. So, um, What about you, Tyler? been seeing anything i'm having some good hunts but uh just not running into the right deer yet i uh been hunting dad's farm down in missouri and had a good one on camera the neighbors had some good pictures of it too and uh he kind of went mia there for a few weeks and and uh, showed up like the 26th i think we both had pictures and then gone for a few more days and they got uh some pictures of him on the third i think on the sixth and ended up killing him there on the seventh um, Again, so, November seventh. Yeah, it was a stud of a deer, hundred and just shy of one hundred and eighty inches, and just a good freak. And it, uh, it didn't look like a, a overly old deer, you know, maybe a four year old, um, but just a. He was a beast. He was a beast. Yeah, I was. I was thrilled for those guys. I was glad to see uh, somebody there in the neighborhood get him, and and uh, just an opportunity to bring him over and, and look at him too. So tell the story and. There's still a few running around down there, so we uh, it's gun season right now in Missouri, so we've still got until uh, next Tuesday, uh, I think the 20th goes out. So between Illinois this weekend and a few days in Missouri, I'll do a little gun hunting here yet. The rut's still on. I know the deer are still running good. And it is. I think some does are in, and 
still a good time to be in the woods, so don't get discouraged if you're uh, if you haven't killed anything yet. You know, I, I I would say we're probably at about round three of the rut, maybe. You know, where we've had uh, two or three different rounds of you know does that have come in and um, times of lockdown. But Tyler and I hunted my farm this morning, and uh, we didn't get down till eleven o'clock. We were both starving. I think we were both wanting to get down about nine thirty, but the deer just didn't allow it. I mean, there was action, and we were both hunting food actually too. We were you know in the fields or in the food plots rather hunting the food and so I didn't expect that type of movement that late in the day but uh, the one deer that I'm after and still haven't caught up with yet that I've had four encounters with in the last 11 days was out and luckily Tyler was a good friend and didn't draw back on him and, and take a shot at him so well, I had strict instructions not yeah, to. Yeah, called yeah, him off, I man. Mean, man. So, <laughs> so I'm, at, I'm at full draw and happen to look down at my at my phone and see a text message so I, I you know politely just Fired a warning shot to him. Yeah. <laughs> Educate yep, so, him a little bit. You know, and that's the thing about this deer. He's not the biggest one on the farm, but he's the one I want the most. So I told him, you can shoot any other deer that walks by other than this one. And um, so he's still alive for today. Um, I'm a little nervous, but uh, we'll see what, what happens this weekend. And um, hopefully we can get uh, get that chapter closed. I wouldn't mind being bucked out this weekend and uh, get ready for squirrel season. So Squirrel land. Squirrel land is, is right around the corner. <laughs> so... And now uh, we'll get to uh, our guest of honor tonight, Ryan. He's uh, been back in Illinois hunting yep. the home farm a little bit and then hunting some of your own ground a little bit. Yep. So uh, my rut started a little bit late this year. I had a, uh, a nomad sales meeting the 5th and 6th of November in, in Charleston and uh, came up and then hunted. Um, actually, I worked mornings and hunted evenings with a buddy of mine over in Knox County. But uh, this past year, my, my land specialist buddy, Tyler Sellins, uh, helped me buy my first piece of ground, a 40-acre uh, piece east, or west, east of Carthage. And uh, it's been great. I've uh, really enjoyed it and uh, been able to hunt it a few days this week. And, and mom and dad's place, um, which Mike is, is uh, kind of your neighbor. We're on different sides of the same section, so... Um, yeah, you were showing me some good. trail cam pictures of uh, your new place. You got some some studs. There's some good deer. There. I, I kind of jacked one up the very first um, evening in. You know, you hear talk uh, uh, the Drurys talk about the first South after a bunch of North. <clears throat> we had that um, Sunday night, no Saturday, and we'd had a bunch of North wind, North winds, uh, nasty cold weather, and then we had the first South. And I went in there and. Um, had a great setup. I got a ground blind on a food plot, and really it was one of those deals. I'm a rookie ground blind hunter, so I'm trying to figure out all my stuff and which windows to have open and all that kind of stuff. And the sun was coming in one one window in particular, and I really felt like I needed it shut because I felt like I was just sticking out. You know, the sun was beating in there, and um, turns out that's the way the deer came in. I look and he's at a scrape um, at 40 yards. And long story short, I couldn't he, – he, I thought he was going to hit the scrape and then keep going like they do on their same route of travel. He apparently hit the scrape and just went right back the way he came. So I'm scrambling, trying to get the, get the window down and get off of my chair, on my knees, turned around and draw at the right side of the blind, and basically I drew with him looking at me and boogered him. So mm. – um, but that was a great deer. Um, I've had a, a couple really good deer on, on camera out there and a couple in daylight too, so – 
and then passed a nice deer the other morning. So I've seen I've seen a lot of deer. Um, seen at least a two and a half year old every time I've been in the stand, and most of the time I've seen double digits of deer. So it's been a good. And it, it, it has all the way around. I know on my farm it's been the best year I've ever had there, and I, I'm sure that's due to a multitude of reasons. But um, it, it's been a, it's been a very good season for seeing deer for sure. That's so, right. Um, and and uh, it's been cold, very cold. Super you cold. know, this, I was, this feels like December, January weather yep. right now, not yeah. uh, not November. And I was just thinking today, Ryan. Actually, uh, it was a couple years ago. You usually come back about the same time, and I try to take vacation about the same time. So we're usually sitting four or 500 yards apart all day in a tree. And I remember a couple of years ago, it was hot, you know, and I say hot, but probably like 60 and sunny, which is just a warm day to be sitting out there. And then today here it is 17 degrees or something this morning. And, um, that was cold, you know, it would go from one end to the other, but I would much rather have it be 15, 20 degrees of a morning than have it be 40 at sunrise, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's been sustained. I mean, we've had some cold weather for quite a while now. Uh, looks like we got a little bit of a break coming tomorrow and Friday, and then uh, cooling right back down for the weekend. And then I think next Monday morning, uh, the low is going to be like 18 degrees next Monday morning. So um, good fall for deer hunting, that's for sure. They ought um, to start hitting that food pretty hard here to keep these cold temperatures. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and I guess with me having two acres of beans and um, some greens interceded inside of that. I'm hoping for some cold and snow by the time second gun season and muzzleloader season get here. I mean, um, that's yeah. kind of the whole point for me on, on those big plots, you know, that you can't bow hunt too effectively. Yeah, so. it seems like the deer on my place have migrated towards the the bedding close to soybeans. And uh, tonight I saw a lot of deer, over 20. And uh, some of them started on clover, but they all ended up eating standing beans. I mean, they were... Definitely, you can tell the cold weather's got them thinking about carbohydrates. And we had I had some deer this morning, energy. Mike, that came out and just specifically went to the beans, just walked out to them, ate for a little bit, and then went on. But they were getting some food in them. Yeah, and you know, in my neighborhood, there's not a lot of um, corn pit corn around. Uh, there's one field uh, just to, to the east, actually, on the farm that that Ryan also hunts as well. That field was uh, was corn this year, but I think that's it as far as within. I don't know, a quarter mile or so of any direction. So um, yeah, that's about it. There's there's very little corn around this year. Most no. of it's beans, and so if it's not standing or somebody didn't plant something else, it's uh, I think late season should be good for you. I hope you know you just actually I'm hoping I'm tagged out and don't have to worry about it, and maybe you can go out there and kill one. We're all looking forward to that group hunt. Yeah, yeah, I know that <laughs> hey, much. Hey. I think we need to do a big deer drive on your place this year, Mike. Well, you probably first, though, first gun season. He will pull you off it? of a deer, though. Oh, he's yeah. Gotta, he's got to tell you which ones yep. you can shoot, though. Nope, just a one, just a one deer. <laughs> Can't shoot you know? that double throat patch, though, can we? No, no, you're not. <laughs> See another one. <laughs> you're not shooting her. I, you know, and, again, this is all speculation, but I'm not so sure she isn't the doe every year that comes in early. She's mm-hmm. where I'm seeing the bucks at early on doing their chasing where I killed that buck this year she beds right off that little half acre food plot her and her fawns every single year and every now and again you'll see her come out with another you know family group of of does but that's her spot and there's a doe there somewhere the last few years that's coming in early and it brings every buck from the neighborhood around from about October 28th to November 3rd so um, she's your lucky doe. She's not. She she will die of old age if I have anything to do with it. So. <laughs> I tell you what, I had a I, I watched a doe do something today that I thought was crazy, and I'd, I'd never seen this before. 
Um, but I'm on, I'm in the ground blind on my food plot and a doe walks in. She's got twin buck fawns with her and she's an old nanny. I mean, she's just a, she's just a rectangle with a neck on it, you know, <laughs> just a big, big doe. And, um, you know, that tree, I think it's cottonwood that's out in the middle of my food plot. Uh-huh. We hung a stand in just for a video and it was such a bear to get the straps around and get the sticks on. When I got the stand and I was like, screw it. I'm not Stay taking it, it down. <laughs> I've never hunted it. Nobody has ever hunted it. And that doe walked through that food plot, and she saw those steps, and she ran her head all the way up that those ladder and started looking at that. She stand knows what that was and rubbernecking, Man. and no one's ever hunted it. It's not like she got shot out of it or missed or something or spooked. She just knew that that's the doe you shoot. That stick. Man, there's nothing worse than that doe that comes out in a plot that picked you out one time, and but every time she steps out, she'll look in that tree. And she just knew that those ladder that ladder is bad and looked right up at nobody's ever hunted it and they crazy they say that a lot about you know these midwestern deer that way you get out west you know some of those muleys or the whitetails out there that don't get hunted from you know up above the midwest guys will go out there to hunt they're like it's just crazy that you can be up in a stand and not a single deer will come up and ever look up you know Mm -hmm. Um, but around here i mean it's just ingrained in them that you look up i mean um yeah, actually, Ryan, of, I've been meaning to tell you. I've, I you've hunted, been I hunted that, that plot about half a dozen times yeah. in October, so she, uh, I educated her a few times. I so. saw somebody no, put a corn pile in that food plot. Too. Hey, <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's not be getting those. That was it. Let's not get those. Uh, hey, hey, we're not, <laughs> no, North, we're not in North where, Carolina. Where yeah, I live now in North Carolina, it's it's legal, and that's it, it took me so long to even get used to the idea of that everybody does that, you know. So I always joke with these guys up here about how I'm going to bring a corn pile with me and well, it, set it under my stand. Wasn't that long ago what you sent us a picture. You were going out and putting your bag of corn out, and mm-hmm. um, I guess that's one way of doing it. I mean, money-wise, we're probably even with the, the money we've spent in seed and fertilizer and herbicide and fuel and um, let alone the equipment. But uh, I'm glad that we can't do it because – Avoid it, man. Everyone at this table knows that I would be broke because I would spend a lot of money on it, um, and I would feel dirty every time I did it. Um, so I'm glad that uh, we cannot do it. Yep. Um, it turns into just feeding. That's all you're yep, doing. Yep. Yeah, if you don't have the feed, you don't have the deer. You just, you're just trying to outfeed your neighbors. Yep. That's all it turns into. And we, My little boy just likes going. He's, he's two and a half. And he just loves going and riding the four-wheeler. Oh, I so bet. Throwing corn out and checking trail cameras and stuff like that. You know, and that's – my son was, was three this year, and he loved nothing more than go out, and he was helping me put the food plots in. I had him – had the earthway spread around his neck. I kind of had to help him, you know, and we were spreading seed and dragging it and, you know, packing it and just loved it. So I, I don't know if it was getting to, to ride on the buggy or, you know, the four-wheeler, stuff like that is what got him, but he just – wanted nothing more one day it was hot like i should have not had him out there and i kept having him go in the shade and cool off and drink gatorade and um probably overheated him a little bit but he refused to go back to the house he says i'm staying here with you so um that's that's some of the best parts about owning your own land and putting those food plots in for me this year was getting to spend a lot of the time with with my son so uh, it's work but uh, i could think of a lot uh, other things that would be less enjoyable work so and this is my first year getting to see uh, the fruits of my labor and see how it how it's going to do. So, brings a different perspective in. You know, here we are. What November the fourteenth, halfway through gun season coming. You know, there's a lot of other years that I'm nervous right now because if I don't get a chance, maybe opening day. You know, the second day when that rut winds down and gun seasons happen, I may not see another 
mature deer on the hoof the rest of the year you know i mean it's just a freak chance if i would because there was no reason whatsoever for those deer to come through i don't have many bucks bedded on me um so having food is going to be a game changer I hope. You, you've so got one mike i've got one and i i've got him pinned down and i ear tagged him this morning and i'm the whole through <laughs> it for you so i'm telling you this this deer has had me sick to my stomach all day, and I I don't know how these guys do it that have big farms and know where all these particular deer are and know if they go into a certain spot that this is the deer they're probably going to see because it is killing me. And this deer has gotten in my head. Um, I don't know why. I guess I've never had this happen to me before, um, particularly on my farm, where there is a deer that is regular enough in daylight that I think I can kill him. So... I don't know if I could handle this every year, so we'll get through this year and see how it goes. But so, what's everybody's plans for the weekend for gun season? And Tyler, don't know. You know, I'm going to take uh, my son Spencer out Friday night. That's uh, has he, he been a gun season yet? Not yet. I don't think so. No. We went out uh, tonight bow hunting, setting the banks blind, and of course we got in there and sun's down on it and i'm sitting there and looking around next thing i know look over at spencer and his eyes are getting heavy and falls asleep in the chair for a while but we had a good time now of course the deer come out like right at last light when we're getting down and but uh i just wanted to experience that shooting something i hope so so looking forward to it so, so. that's your plan you're gonna do yeah, illinois this I, weekend yeah or? i'm gonna do illinois at least friday and and uh you know i've got some deer on camera nothing uh Nothing too enormous. I passed a past one, you know, just a. I think he's probably a three year old, maybe four year old at most. But with uh, actually passing a Spencer in the blind, came by at ten yards and just watched him keep walking. So, <laughs> been yeah. a good deer to shoot with him, but yeah, just wasn't what I was looking for. So. Wasn't a bad looking deer, but you know, yeah, he's Spencer's getting the concept too of, uh, you know, last year he thought we were just going to shoot a deer when we went out and couldn't understand why when we when it got dark why we didn't shoot something. But this year he's getting a lot of it and and uh, really kind of taking it in and enjoying it too. So spotting the deer and pointing things out. So that uh, I'm enjoying that a lot. And Lou, you got uh, some family in this weekend. and Yeah, we're looking forward to opener on Friday morning here in Illinois for gun season. I got my father-in-law. He comes in every year. And, uh, he, you know, he looks forward to it every year. And we try to hunt uh, as much as we can. Um, I think this year – I think we're going to hit it just right. I mean, I think I think uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday could be really good for seeing mature deer, especially on their feet uh, middle of the day. I think, you know. Uh, At least very late morning to, and very yeah. early afternoon, you know. Yeah, I think it's better from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. here lately. So um, we're going to hit it hard. And I'd like to see my father-in-law get on a, a mature deer, and I'm going to do everything I can to – to try to put them on one and um i you know i i'm kind of it almost feels like i kind of got the monkey off my back you know and i'm sure you feel the same way you've, yep. you've already shot one so you're a little bit more relaxed and not stressed well as it much. would be we if it put, wasn't for this other deer yeah. i mean if he wasn't in the picture yeah. you know it would be a, a no-brainer for me this this season but yeah i know what you mean it feels like all right, you got one in the bank already. Everything else is just house money. Yeah, we put we put stress on ourselves for whatever reason. I don't know during deer season to try and prove ourselves. I guess that we can do it. But I kind of almost wrote this year off on my farm just because I, you know, I I base so much of my information on trail cameras. 
I just know that I don't have any deer that I want to hunt. So when I shot that good buck on a buddy's lease, it was just like, this is just a complete bonus. So, um, with you that, guys all hunt on your place, all the family, uh, just me and my father-in-law will, will be hunting yeah. there. Yeah. This, this weekend. And then we've also got a couple other, uh, farms. My mom owns that we can, we can bounce back and forth. And, yeah. um, I actually might do that. I might change it up and hunt the way I used to back in the day, go hunt behind the old house and, there's always a good deer running around. Hopefully we'll maybe run into one over there, but, uh, yeah, we're going to hit it hard and, uh, gun season's exciting, but also if you're a landowner, it's nerve wracking because, you know, these deer that you, you pass and, you know, the nice young ones, every shot that rings out, you, you, you always think the worst. You automatically think, well, I bet, I bet he shot, I bet yep. he shot, uh, the little three-year-old or whatever, but two-year-old sometimes. Yeah. You just, you just, uh, you just cross your fingers and, and hope, half yeah. <laughs> hope the best. There's and, been uh, a little bit of that in the neighborhood here lately. Yeah, we've been yeah. we've been losing yeah. losing immature deer at a rapid pace here the last couple of days, and uh, scared for the weekend. But um, the trying to remain optimistic, and uh, any hurdle that's put in front of us, we shall overcome somehow, some way. But and, and Lou, you were talking about you know not having any deer on your camera, you know on your cameras at your home farm, and um, kind of losing a little bit of motivation to get out there and not seeing anything. And I was just listening to this week's Meat Eater uh, podcast, and they got to talking about th- th- some of the new technologies that have happened over the years, and one of those being trail cameras and how, you know, they are nice, they are beneficial, um, you know, to grab intel, especially if you don't live nearby or to, you know, yep. limit intrusion. But in a way, it almost takes away some of the – the unknown, yeah, you know, does. to go out there and you just don't know what you're going to see because we feel like, all right, I'm going to go sit this stand. I'm going to see this deer, this deer, and this deer. And, you know, so in a way I think it, it can be a detriment to, yep. you know, the, the sport of hunting or, um, you know, so I think yep. sometimes too, it may not hurt to go somewhere where you don't have a lot of cameras and you don't know what's going to show right. up, you know, that's right. Uh, like you said, you, you know, your mom's place behind the old house, you don't have a clue what's going to show up there. That's and right. sometimes the, the unknown is, is what it's all about. Yeah. So. I also learned a valuable lesson. I've got, um, uh, just South of my property, there's, uh, some guys from Georgia that lease it every year and they pulled up the first day and I went over and talked to them and we talked for an hour and it's, it's good to know your neighbors no matter who they are or where they come from. I mean, it's just, it's just really good to share as much information with them as you can just so everyone's on the same page. But, um, you know, we both we both were looking at each other, like going, you know, where'd all the nice mature mature deer go? And you know, out of the three four hundred acres that we have there, none of us had a good deer to hunt. And then their last day here, um, everything changed for them. They had two, uh, and they know you know big deer when they see them. Uh, they had two really big deer show up, and actually they hit one of them and never did find it. And, you know, those are the things that keep you optimistic going into the gun season because, you you know, it it can happen. Uh, A new uh, mature deer can show up at any time. Especially with the rut still kind of going on a little bit. And you're going to have a lot more pressure that us bow hunters we don't necessarily have. I mean, you know, the the bow hunter numbers to gun hunter numbers, at least in our area, are – you know, one to 10, maybe, you know, yeah. there's probably 10 times the amount of people out this weekend yeah. than what there are, you know, last weekend. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have more pressure and, you know, so anything's liable to happen. Yeah. I know myself, I just try to take the approach of 
being as least intrusive as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, get in really early, sit all day if you can, or at least sit till late in the morning and get out, you know, early and hope maybe some of those deer from, you know, around you get pushed in and, um, you know, feel safe, feel safe on your place. Yeah, so. and Louie, you touched on something about get to know your neighbors. I mean, I deal with a lot of people that are new to an area. Um, you know, Ryan, I mean, Louie, when you bought your farm, I mean, you, you probably knew some of the neighbors, but maybe didn't, I mean, you knew who they were, but if you get in and get to know your neighbors and, you know, it seems like this day and age with trail cameras, some people get so possessive over deer. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm more of an open book with people. I mean, the guys, we got some guys at least next to us and in Missouri and, and we're swapping trail cam photos and, you know, I mean, you just, if you do that stuff, you're only going to help yourself yeah. in the long run. Yep. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's if a, you've, you know, if you've got a deer that's borderline and you know you're not going to shoot them and you let your neighbor know, this is a deer we've got i would much rather him know the deer when it maybe shows up than yeah. not know and him make a mistake i mean it's it's or I at think, the very least at least you can say you've done your part you've let him know he's here you've yeah. let him know your thoughts you ultimately can't control what his trigger finger does but yeah. um maybe he wouldn't have known because there are some deer out there if you don't know them they can surprise you yeah. and you can't take that shot back so hey, we had some neighbors down there that I mean, I had piles of pictures of this deer on every camera all the time, but, I mean, he literally lived on us, and they didn't have any pictures until maybe, you know, just probably in the last week or so. Um, but it's just one of those that he was a homebody in a certain area, but they're kind of like, we've never had a picture of him. But last year they had pictures, but, you know, they they kind of knew what was out there and what to expect, and, you know, it uh, you kind of learn things from neighbors too. And yeah. And, and one that, of the things too is that, like, especially in our section like nobody has that much land no all hunting 40s and 60s and 80s and 120s and stuff like that just the the one piece to the south you know is four or five hundred acres you know but that's it you know there's 200 acres in that that's actually hunting ground and it's a lot of it's hard to even access or you know but uh, we kind of you know it's not like i have 200 acres on this side of the county and if mike has a big deer i'm going to go hunt my 200 acres next to him like we all kind of got what we got. This is it. You know, and, and we're going to hunt a certain way. And um, it, it's more helpful to know what's out there. Like, yep. I passed a really nice – he's probably a four-and-a-half-year-old deer yesterday. But I know there's two bigger deer in the section. You're yep. probably going to call me off one of them. <laughs> no. But, <laughs> but just to know that there's a couple bigger deer in the section. There's probably a lot less smaller deer now right. after this week. But <laughs> to know to, – to work with your neighbors and to know that um, – there's bigger deer out there. Like we don't even have pictures of Mongo. Nope. We don't, we don't have a single picture of him. Well, I, I do. But I, I know mean, he's out there. Yeah. You that, know, and that helps, gotta, that helps everybody to pass the younger deer. Yeah. If we all know what's out because there. Because just because you don't have a picture of him doesn't mean he hasn't been on your property. I mean, exactly. cameras can't exactly. cover everything. So. I've been watching just sitting in a, in some stands where you can sit and you can watch, you can say, okay, I know there's a camera down here and there's a camera over there. And, not one deer walks in front of the camera, but I see 20 deer that day. My shooter you know, just I mean, did they, that they, to me last Thursday, and I had the, this new plot. There's three cameras within close proximity because I've been trying to scout this new area. It's a new place to hunt, so I'm trying to cover the areas I thought they would be coming and going. And I'm sitting in the stand and watch a shooter come in, and he went in the plot and out of the plot and didn't walk in front of a single camera. It's a half-acre plot with three cameras in it, and he didn't get on a single one of them. So if I wouldn't have been there, I'd have never known he was there that day. I think cameras are good tools, and I think over time they are going to give you probably 95% of the inventory of what's on your property, but they're probably only really showing you 20%, 30% of what's actually Especially going on. Here. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, they're, when the bucks are just running uh, in, in no particular direction. 
this this time of year you're not getting everything you yeah know, i checked my cameras today hoping that one of those big bucks that the guys south of me saw would be on camera and i don't have anything different you know but i know something new is liable to be there you know um so it's just a good time of year for for something really special to show up and i'm at the point where i just quit checking the cameras they're still out there running um but this point in the season i had my mind made up of where i wanted to be and you know a couple different options based on the wind and no matter what was on the camera it wasn't going to change my mind so i figured we'll just let them run and then uh, once we get through this i'll go check them and you know see actually what was going on out there but talking about you know moving to an area in your neighbors when i bought my farm I didn't know anybody. I mean, not a single soul. I'm from Warsaw. This is, you know, between Hamilton and Nauvoo. I'm not familiar with the area. And uh, it's been four years now. I mean, that's kind of how I I got to know Ryan in a way. Um, It's ultimately how, you know, Tyler and I got to become friends. Um, Then you get to know some of your neighbors. You know, I've kind of got some access on a couple pieces that surround me now um, that, you know, more than doubles, you know, my, the size of my farm or the size of the, the area that I have access to hunt on. Um, and that just kind of happened organically with time and, you know, getting to know your neighbors and talking to them and them getting to know you as well. So, um, that's been a, a, a great thing. Yeah. Uh, and then just getting to know all of the neighbors and everybody you know. shares information. I mean, you go through the year and you know, Ryan, you might pick up sheds on your farm of a deer that Mike had, or I might pick up sheds of, something that that you saw or you know vice versa and it's just good information to know where a deer might winter and you know if somebody's lucky Mm -hmm. enough to kill that deer go give them the sheds or something it's the right thing to do well you know that that's in in theory that's what you'd like to see happen it doesn't always work out that way but that's that's all right but what was nice is when i shot that deer you know to have a a neighbor that you know is right next to me hunting it and was just as familiar with the deer as i was congratulate me would love to see the buck and truly happy for me i believe and that's what it's all about because it'd be vice versa you know if there's a deer that i'm familiar with that we all know as you know as the neighborhood that we're after if one of us gets it i mean that's the 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 best part somebody was successful in it as long as you do it ethically and legally and you know um that's all that matters so um that's what i like about having that type of neighborhood and we are in in our section we're blessed with a lot of you know like-minded types of people um, you know, we do have some issues sometimes in gun season where we have uh, some people that don't hunt their year round show up and it's more of a crapshoot as to what's going to take place then. But overall, uh, we all want to want to see the herd, you know, reach its potential. And uh, we've been doing a pretty good job so far. So hopefully we can keep that up. And Yeah, you know. once in a while you get a sour apple, you know, in the, in the area and you just deal with it. You do, you know, and there's nothing you can Go do on. about it. You know, we don't own those deer. That's the thing we have to remember. I mean, the state of Illinois technically owns them. Um, we're just there to uh, feed them and house them and, uh, you know, give them a place to run around and make babies, I guess. So um, I'm just thankful that I have the chance to hunt them. You know, I got to remember that sometimes. There was five or six years ago I didn't have a place to hunt at all. So best um, news is squirrel season's coming up. Can't wait. Cold. And I'm hoping it's Monday. That's that's my plan. If I, if I can buck out this weekend, come Monday, it's squirrel season. What what's the deal with squirrel season? Are you really I, that in love with squirrel season? I just I like squirrel hunting. Yeah. You know, I like to eat them. Yeah. And again, listen to the mediator today. Uh I got to get Ronella's new cookbook that's coming out on Amazon here shortly. 
Um, but he has a bunch of recipes for squirrel in there. And one of them, mm-hmm. they call it, it's like uh, squirrel hot wings almost, uh, squirrel leg, buffalo squirrel legs. And apparently it's an amazing dish. Can't wait to try it. So I got to go out and hmm. fill up the freezer with some squirrel. And um, if you notice episode one, Louie, you know, throws out squirrel land in the first three minutes of it. So. Yeah. So <laughs> we bring it up every episode yeah, now, you know, I, I don't know, but Something yeah, the joke about, yeah. but honestly, I mean, I, I do enjoy to go out and squirrel hunt and typically I'll wait till the end of deer season, you know, when I'm done bow hunting, but if I buck out, I might be done this weekend and uh, get a chance to do a little squirrel hunting early. So, uh, there you go. we'll see. But, uh, did you see that Ranella where he, he soaked those squirrels in like a brine? Yep. There's a lot of different ways to cook a squirrel. Yeah. A, it, lot, a lot of different ways to skin a squirrel. Well. Or not skin a cat. Right. That skin a cat. Yeah. I think the uh, <laughs> the tail method seems to be the most effective for me. But, well, hopefully maybe one of these days we'll get the world's uh, greatest small game hunter, Kevin Murphy, on here. Uh, That'd be great. And uh, see if he can give us a few pointers on squirrel hunting. Um, so, Ryan, what are you doing this weekend, bud? I will probably going be going back south. Oh. Uh, so I didn't get a shotgun tag for my place. I didn't know if I'd be here or not, and work's, work's been pretty crazy. So I've been working every almost every morning. I've hunted about three mornings, but because working I guess in the morning and uh, hunting in the evening. You so. still have to buy a landowner's tag since you're out of state, don't you? You know, I didn't I didn't look at it. They're, they're sold out of the first gun tags. Um, I didn't even look at it, though, to see if I could get a guaranteed – out-of-state landowners tag. Oh. They're, um, I think they're like half the price of uh, a normal, a typical non-resident, non-resident landowner. Um, but you know, I wanted to hunt my dad's place, uh, my place, and with my buddy Ed. So I went ahead and got the paid uh, archery tag, mm-hmm. the non-resident archery tag, um, instead of doing the landowners. But uh, I didn't even check on that actually. But what I may do is go sit there uh, Friday morning just to kind of have a presence on the place. And yeah. Little flash a little orange in the uh, in the woods on opening day. Going to go out with Dad? And uh, get out. He's actually working. Oh, no kidding. And he didn't get a uh, first gun either. So he's got a muzzleloader, I believe, or something he'll be able to hunt out well, there. Why doesn't so. he get landowner tags too? Man. Well, I mean, he, he does oh, okay. for his place. Oh, okay. But he wouldn't be able to hunt on That's my true. farm. That's true. My That's farm. true. Sounds like um, I need some help out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You think Bowley's bad about calling you off deer. I will I will call you off deer in a heartbeat. Well, and he thinks I'm bad. I, I'm sure Mr. Zinn over there would be the same, well, same way. The, you know? the problem was is Louis, or uh, Mike, I should say, could see the deer when I'm watching it too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I had I had my eyes on him, that's for sure. But, um, no, I'll probably be uh, going back. So, and it's been, you know, from the time I left for that sales meeting, it's been it's been two weeks now. So Time to get home? Yeah, time to get home. And i got a pile of work to get done. So, and so do you do any hunting in North Carolina, any bow hunting or deer I hunting? I do, but there? it's mostly just to fill a freezer. Really? So, yeah. You we know, have opportunities. We, Is it public we, land or private land? Or? No, I've got a lease and then oh, you do. with somebody's okay. down there too. Uh, but mostly it's just a chance to get out. Um, I did – I actually got a phone call from a buddy that they um, – Rough scored him at 169, and he Whoa. is a North Carolina mountain deer. Whoa. So anything over a 130 down there is big. Really? But he's, he's had trail cam picks for a while, so he's legit. But, I mean, that's a that's about as big as they get. So, like, your lease and your permission ground, is it? it's mountain country then? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, the only real way we hunted is it, it got logged wow. 15 years ago. So got they've thick. got roads in it yeah. and stuff. Um, but, yeah. So what, uh, I mean, I, I would presume that their food source is just browse. I mean, that's their browse, primary food source. Browse, um, acorns, um, stuff like that. A lot of woody browse. 
Uh, but it's pretty rough. You corn know, piles. Corn yeah. piles. But the problem with that, you know, is that people don't bait through the, the winter. So, you know, once the deer, deer season's over, it's really hard on them, and, and they get used to having some of that feed, and then you hit January and February, and they don't have anything. So yeah. it can be pretty tough, but um, a lot of woody brows and stuff like that. And how late does your season go in North Carolina? Mm, I'd have to check. I think we're over – I think we go December 31st. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if uh, – your winters are probably a little less harsh than ours, aren't they, out there? Or, or you have high enough elevation that you do see some good winter? Oh, there? yeah, yeah. We're, okay. we're, we're up there quite a bit. Um, so, we've got high enough elevation. We'll see a lot of snow. You know, there's a lot of ski uh, slopes around oh, us. Oh, okay. Uh, so, we'll see some snow. Pretty cold. We don't have the wind, though. You know, the mountains kind of cut that wind. Here, the wind can be brutal, man. And that's been it this week, close. too. You know, I what yeah. was it? Monday morning, it was it was bitter cold. And I think it was 28 with a wind chill of 18. And then uh, Tuesday morning went out, and it was 18 with a wind chill of 8. But the wind was actually a lot lower than it was the day before. Mm-hmm. And that 8-degree wind chill felt so much warmer than the 18 just because the uh, the speed of the wind was so much lower. Yeah. So, um, and do you guys when do you guys open archery season in North Carolina? It's around September fifteenth. Okay, so <clears throat> so you can you can kill a deer in velvet. Um, and I'll usually my my work schedule gets really busy uh, like first of October through December. So um, I'll do a little bit early season, and then I just try to carve out as much time up here as I can. Good, good. So, um, so you know, I guess we'll kind of segue into that as well. I mean, I I think probably most podcasts and interviews you do, you kind of tell the same story about who you are where you're from and how you got there but I think a lot of our listeners probably will know a little bit more of your backstory but you know I'd like to hear a little bit more about where you're at today with you know some of the partnerships you have and some of the projects you've had going on Um, I know you just you had a big deal with Yeti not long ago you've got a a lifestyle line with Nomad going on Uh, do a lot of work for um, Winchester and Mm -hmm. um, you've done a little bit of work with the juries on some stuff and um, so you know I think people some people may not realize just where all you've kind of branched out to here recently instead of just your original artwork as well. So Yeah, well, I, I got my start with the National Wild Turkey Federation as a graphic artist and illustrator when I graduated college. And um, I, I made a lot of connections in the outdoor industry there, and so I've kind of branched out from there. I worked for the Turkey Federation for seven years and then went out on my own. I still do a lot of graphic design and some illustration in addition to the, the wildlife art that a lot of people know that I do. So Winchester Ammo is my biggest client. So right now we're doing all of their um, advertising for getting ready for SHOT Show and some of the, the new products coming out. So they'll uh, they'll actually ship me rounds of ammo in plastic bags, like prototypes wow. and stuff. And we'll do photo shoots, uh, hire models, photographers, all that kind of stuff. And then I'll, I'll pull together their new products catalog and advertising and stuff like that. Um, and then I, I'm also getting ready for um, – uh, my biggest art show of the year, Southeastern Wildlife Expo. That's in February, so I kind of run a gauntlet where I'm I'm hustling pretty good, which is unfortunate because it's during deer season. But I usually find a way to, you know, balance everything. So I'll throw everything on a laptop up here. But uh, no, I still do, uh, you know, original oil um, on canvas work. Uh, I sell prints. I've got a, a lifestyle apparel line with Nomad. Uh, 
so that's that's good. We're expecting big things out of that. So yeah, some great stuff. Um, I've I've got some stuff in my my cart at Nomad. I just haven't went ahead and finished it. What the reason I haven't is is it seems like every day they would send a new email with a a new featured item of the day. I'm like, man, I need one of those too. Yeah. So for about three yeah. days in a row, that was happening. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to have six different orders here. I'm just going to make sure get everything in one shot. But uh, they've got some good stuff too. They're they're. Um, just their regular hunting gear, I like a lot. Yeah, and I started just last year switching over to, to some of it, and I haven't switched everything over at this point. But everything that I have is uh, it's comfortable. I mean, like their just their regular old camo hat. Mm-hmm. It's so comfortable to hunt. So that's the same hat I've been hunting in all fall. Um, can't explain it, but it just it fits good. It just feels yeah. good. So, um, but all their I'm still stuff kind is, of a poor man too. So I have to get dressed up. I don't have a big fancy Banks blind to yeah, go sit in. Yeah, know? well, I I still I, I got to wear clothes and stuff. <laughs> you know, this year, last year, I I hunted in a Banks blind fifty out of fifty one sits. Only hung from a tree once. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. And didn't shorts kill, and t-shirt all season. Didn't all kill any January. Didn't kill any deer either. But of course, this year, <laughs> th- this year I've I've hunted more out of a stand than I have in the blind by far. But the two deer I've killed have been from a blind. So, yeah. um, you just, gonna squirrel hunt from the banks? You know, I'd, I've thought I've thought about uh, doing some scouting. <laughs> He's you gonna know, pull from in the woods, yeah. move it around every day. The woods. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, this is something else I want to talk about. I mean, first off. This Deerland podcast, it's something that uh, us three um, guys from the same place uh, had this idea, get it going. Obviously, I reach out to you pretty quick saying, hey, I don't know what we're getting into, you know, needed some help um, getting, uh, you know, some designing, you know, some icons and looking forward uh, to social media stuff and how to to really kind of get going and get growing. And that's something that you've been very successful with, it seems, is growing your social media account um, and your presence on there and just the reach that you can get with people. Um, Has that been a long process for you? I mean, you know, has it been – have you learned anything from from what it takes to do it? Because I've been trying and I have failed miserably so far. It's all Um, been a long process. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, so when I first started out – it was six years ago when I started on my own, started my own business, and I had uh, I had a, a bunch of freelance work lined up, and I figured that would get me through a year, and I could figure it out after that. So I was doing art and um, design at the same time, and the way I really started out doing the art was when I wasn't busy doing you know projects for for companies doing graphic design or illustration, um, I would 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 paint. So I would, when I first started out, I was painting when there was nothing else going on when the phone wasn't ringing. So, and so I painted the, 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 uh, scrape line, the piece that we use for the, the deer land, um, you know, work. Uh, I painted that six years ago. Really? So that was one of the first kind of, and nobody was paying attention then. I don't even know if I had an Instagram account then, wow. you know, I had a Facebook and a website. And so, it, it's a process. It takes a long time. I've got several pieces of Nomad apparel that are coming out with Scrape Line, and it's funny because I painted it back when there was no following, there was no audience, there were no sales, there was no nothing. Yep. Um, and now it's just taking taking a lot of time to get to where I can actually make money off of that stuff. Yep. So it, um, you know, it. Uh, I went through some real discouraging parts where I'd get halfway through a painting and I would think to myself like why am I even doing this like this is dumb yeah. you know just scrap it but I I forced myself to finish and and get over the hump and then you know painting started getting better and better and um 
I started just kind of building a, a, a snowball. So it, it's all a grind. It, it, it nothing comes easy with yeah. that. And Tyler's seen that building the the real estate. Like it takes time. It takes continuous effort. It takes uh, you know you can't give up. You know, like my Instagram. Um, when yeah. I was busy doing design work, what I would do at night to make well. There was one stretch where I went through about two months where I didn't draw or paint anything, and I thought, man, I can't, I can't get to that point. No, like, I can't get so busy doing work for other clients that I put my my own, you know, work aside. And so uh, that's when I started doing the daily sketches. Of course, I haven't done one since I've been up here, but uh, <laughs> but I started doing them. I started doing them every day, and um, I had somebody, and I've improved quite a bit over the years on that stuff. And I had somebody ask me, well, where'd you learn to draw? And I said, well, look at my Instagram account. Right. Like, look at the, the hundreds of sketches on there. Like, that's where I learned to draw. Practice. So you it, know? And, and to, to go back to the social following, like, the, the, the daily content helped to build more of a social following, too. So. And that is a huge thing, it seems, you know, is just yeah. to connect with your audience and to keep them engaged um, and give them something that they can talk about and share and it is. It's kind of like a snowball. You yeah. know, you just you need to get some momentum going and then just build off of it. And is well, there and two like there used to be the the way the world's changed with social media and everything now is that there used to be like, you know, gatekeepers to your industry. Like for me, I would have had to have a gallery owner, you know, and he would control my career and a gallery owner and a publisher and they would make or break you. You know, just like this podcast fifteen years ago, you'd have to you know, you'd have to take a radio producer out to lunch exactly dine him to get that's what i did 15 years ago and you know yeah that was your only outlet to that and and now you know i uh college educated in radio broadcasting and once was on the radio and then i went a long time and had no way to to kind of do it just on the side Mm -hmm. because i still enjoyed it and loved it and wanted to you know work on that craft but you got to work at a radio station to do it and and now with technology here we are you know we have our own radio show so so i sold an original uh yesterday to a guy that uh, just found me online. And, you know, 15, 20 years ago, he would have had to have gone to a gallery. The gallery would take 50% of that. And um, my, the gallery owner kind of controls my career. So. And you control all changed. your own work. I mean, it's just it, yeah. it's yours. Yeah. And is that standard, you know, kind of through your industry? Is that uh, – You know, a lot of artists do it differently. Really? Some people – and I have a side to me. Like, some people just want to be left alone and lock themselves right. in their studio. Yep. You know? And um, if they don't want to get out and do their own marketing and their own shows and stuff, um, they can do that. But they've got to have representation. But I think that's it. something that makes your work even that more special is the personal connection, you know, where you are yeah. talking to, you know, these clients or these potential buyers and you can tell them the story or the inspiration behind it. That's something that I love yeah. when, you know, you, you see some of your paintings and you can talk about where you got the reference photo or how it kind of come to mind. And, you yeah. know, I know you've had some, you know, at the home place, there was one down in the creek at your, your mm-hmm. mom and dad's and that's part of it. I think that you couldn't get if, if it's a gallery owner or something, you know, they're not going to understand that. Maybe yeah. they could try to tell that story, but it's not going to be near as uh, meaningful as it is coming from You've you. You've taken so. a lot of your uh, Turkey paintings, especially your Osceola's out of Florida. From Florida. We went there. And Absolutely. It's, uh, I like I, that. Cause it's like, I see the painting and I'm like, and I'll call you. I'm like, where was that? Cause I, re- that looks familiar. Yeah. You know, whether it's the power lines or power off lines. In the swamps or, yep. I mean, just uh, a lot of it, those things. I, Tip, I take a camera with me, and I took I took stuff today from the blind. There was a, a scene across my food plot, and the sun had come up, and so the creek bottom was real dark behind it, 
and the some of the bushes and stuff and the and the licking branch were lit up and everything was dark in the background which a lot of times you look at the woods and it's just limbs and stuff everywhere you know and so i took uh i took some reference photos today and uh i even found um a buck from a freelance photographer that i think would work good for it so when I relist my property, we're going to say that was the inspiration. <laughs> I can already for the see this. Painting. You know, sell the guy the farm. He's going to want to have to buy the buy the. I will sell you an original if you buy my yeah. farm. <laughs> you know, and I, I think it's not listed by the way, but Selins will list it without me knowing if if there's a buyer out there. Yeah, yeah. Every <laughs> everything everything's, everything's for sale. So <laughs> I told you that. You know, I know. You know, and I I, I I think something that you know I want to make sure that we we talk about on here is, you know, you do original oil paintings and it's fine art. I mean, you're renowned across the country as being one of the if not the top wildlife artist that there is and that doesn't mean that it's not affordable for everybody i mean you go into my man cave and it's all your work everywhere um but it's not a fortune's worth i mean it's all affordable it's quality and i enjoy i mean it's inspiration to me every time i walk in there and just look at it and i I like to kind of surround myself by it and you know, I've got some of your giclés, and then I've also. Ooh, that was good. Yeah, that yeah. was good. That yeah. was good. <laughs> um, I was going to let you take a stab at that first. Hey, no, I, <laughs> I, I do my homework. That's something you learn uh, before you have a guest on. But uh, and then I've got a couple of your turkey prints, and I got them right at the bottom of my steps with my uh, the fan and um, the wing feathers and the beard of my first solo turkey that I killed this year, and. They're, they're kind of surrounded by that. And that's what I see every time I go downstairs. And it's just, I don't know, I, I get so much inspiration from just the painting. And I never would have thought that would be possible for me. Um, and then also your, you talk about your sketch dailies. You had the field notes thing that you went into mm-hmm. collaboration with you know somebody else on. I got one of those for that. And, and even that, I mean, it's just beautiful to me. I mean, it just, it looks perfect. It fits in um, and it's affordable, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just don't want people to think that, you know, it's just because it's high quality artwork that it's not affordable. It really is. Um, check into it. Check your website out, RyanKirbyArt.com. Yep. Um, everything is on there. Um, it's more than just original oil paintings, too. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Paper prints. prints. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, don't feel like you have to buy. Well, yep. you should buy an yeah. original. Everybody should. Right? Well, and, and I will one day. But we've kind of talked about it. There's only one original. So if you won't really want one of that one, then there's a. And it, at first I said, all right, if I shoot a 200-inch deer, I'll do an original. And then I thought, man, that's really probably not going to happen. So now I'm down to a 180. If I can uh, a gross 180, then then I'll, 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 I'll commission I'll commission an original How about for the it, probably. Uh, not, not quite going to make it. Not quite going to make. It. If he if he could add on some mass, maybe. Right. I'm uh, not holding off anymore now. Um, if he steps out, so, I'm, I'm pulling the trigger. But you know, I I guess a 180 isn't as far off as I think. I mean, I'm not so sure that Mongo's not uh, cutting her close. I think. That deer may surprise you a little bit. I mean, he's he's got a good frame on him, but I uh, charge by the square inch for yeah. oil paintings. Yeah, and I can add linear inches too. In, uh, is that fifty cents a square uh, square inch? Uh, or, or do you... uh, depends on how much we need to get to one eighty. <laughs> so so not that long ago, a few weeks ago, I I sent you some uh, some reference photos in case you you run out of ideas for your sketch dailies because on the only decent deer that I'd ever shot. Well, now I just shot another one. I thought, huh. I need one of those on each side of my fireplace mantle, so I may have to send you some more reference photos in case you run out of material for your sketch dailies. Uh, I'll do it in, for you in the off season. But <laughs> you are the 457th person no. that asked me to sketch their trail no. photos. Though. 
I, I can only imagine. I can it, only uh, imagine. You get some really good – I get some really good uh, DMs on Instagram. Oh, my gosh. I, that would be one You're downside good. to having 14,000 Instagram followers. Is, <laughs> would you draw this, please? Oh, my. Draw that. Draw that. Draw um, this. But, but, again, I mean, I – I love your art, and I I would own it if I didn't know who you were, just because it it just it just fits. I mean, it fits who I am, what I like about deer and deer hunting. Um, I think the the favorite print that I have right now is Turn and Burn. I just love that print. But as I told you a little bit ago, I've got to get one of Scrape Line, especially now that it's becoming huge and yeah. on shirts and on the the Deerland podcast uh, icon. Um, I like it, you know, and I didn't realize that it's was one of your first piece. ones, you know. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I watched uh, a six-pointer do that in Knox County. Really? And he was uh, – he might have been four and a half. He was kind of a tank, uh, but watched him do that. And when I got back to my studio – um, I wanted to paint it, so I found a reference. Did, were you able to get a picture? Oh, so you didn't get a picture of I that I work with deer. a lot of – that's another question I get a lot is where do I find reference photos. So I work with a lot of re- freelance photographers, and I'll either buy it off of them um, or take my own. So Because oh. a lot of times you either find a scene that you want to paint or a particular animal and you put it in a scene. Right. Um, it's usually one or the other. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I work with a lot of freelance photographers. So, and uh, obviously there are freelance photographers out there that will go capture these types of wildlife Yeah, images. a lot of them live out west okay. where they've got access to, you know, a lot of parks that have a lot of deer. Sometimes they're even in, in high fence or yep. preserves or sanctuaries, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I, I typically like to hunt if I'm out there during the rut. So I don't want to sit in the blind just to take photos. No, of I don't blame you. 180 inch deer, and yeah. and they do. That's how they make a living. So um, a lot of times I'll get reference from them. Huh. So, so what uh, what do you see coming up for you know Ryan Kirby Yard? I mean, just well, um, so I've got the 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 deal with Nomad mm-hmm. that's going to continue to grow, and every Good. day that takes a little bit more and more time. Um, you know, we're, so we work a year in advance and I was actually, before I went to the tree tonight, um, I was answering an email, um, about the, the color. So yep. it's at the factory right now. They're printing proofs of it. They'll send a, they'll email a proof and we need to say, oh, like for example, the blue on one of the American flags was kind of purple. Right. We can have purple no. in the American flag. So we've got to tweak that. So, you know, that's an ongoing thing. Um, then that's going to be a pretty big deal. So Good. I'll probably branch out into some, into some licensing and then obviously continue the, the originals and go into the same shows and stuff that I've got. So, Well, and, and the other thing that I want to make sure we do touch on here is, is your, your generosity, especially back here in your hometown area of Hancock County and Warsaw and Hamilton. Um, the Warsaw Lions Fall Classic um, is a huge event that's put on. And what did you say, Louie, this year? You guys grossed six figures? Yeah, it was it was uh, or netted six figures. Well, yeah, it almost we almost netted six figures this year, which was a record year number seven. Yeah, it was awesome. And you know, you're a, a huge draw to that every year. You know, you donate a lot of your your great work, and uh, you know, I, I've seen some benefits and stuff that I've gone to that you know you've had stuff there, and um, you haven't forgotten where you've come from, and that's yeah. that's a big yeah. thing. I think all of us, no matter how successful we may get in life or where life may lead us. You don't want to forget where you come from. And, um, you know, I thank you for that, you know, being somebody that still lives here and then gets to see how some of the the benefits of of that generosity can be spread around. So, 
Well, I, I tend to think that a lot of the things you learn in a small town help make you successful. You know, mm-hmm. just, just uh, uh, you know, the outdoor industry is a small industry, and so you can't go around burning bridges. And so you try to pe- treat people the same way you would in a small town. And, you know, living living within your means and working hard and, 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 and you know, staying humble, like that's – those are important. Yes. You know, and that's – I'd, I'd – I don't think that uh, I've been able to be successful in spite of growing up in a small town. It's more because of it, yeah. I think. So, um, and, you know, the nature of it is you'll never be where you want to be. You know, I mean, I you can say I'm successful now, but I'm nowhere near nope. where I want to be. You don't know? ever I get content, you know. I mean, uh, you got to keep on grinding and, you know, keep setting your goals higher and higher and, you know, keep working towards them. I know even in my life, that's that's something that I do, and I think it's good for everybody to not just settle. Um, yeah. You know, anything that you've done, you can always do a little bit better, a little bit more. And um, I know I'm excited to see what the, the future of your business has and um, to continue to pick your brain. And hopefully maybe this podcast someday, you know, we can get out there and we can reach people. Um, we're lucky that we get to do this more as a, as a hobby. You know, we don't have to worry about uh, keeping the lights turned on because of it. But I still think I would love to reach out and, and touch thousands of people with, with the stuff we have to say. And um, it's just going to take time. It's a, it's a marathon and not a sprint. So, yeah. um, I can't wait to paint an original for you. Yep. No, it, it will happen. Six Some, feet by eight feet. I hope Mongo steps out Friday morning. You know, I, I was worrying about my taxidermy bill, you know, with a couple of them, and I didn't even think about if – if I shot a 180, we've too. heard it on here, oh, man. You know, we've I, heard it. If it's 180 or bigger, yeah, it's done. No, it'll it'll happen. Now, here's the thing: if it's on Facebook or a podcast, is, is I I may have to hire a photographer to come take a bunch of reference photos, and then I don't know if you got a layaway program or something like Kmart used to have, <laughs> and I'll just I'll pay you so much each year, you know, and maybe by the time I'm retired, I could pay it off. I don't know, but uh, we'll trade it off in hunts. There you at go, Bully Acres. Go. There you go. Well. We'll figure something out, but uh, I'm waiting I do. on my my deck hunt invite from Louie. Yeah, but apparently he doesn't have any deer. There's no there's got a no or something you can come up. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're still around Saturday, it's group hunt at Bully's Farm. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I hope. Big push. Yeah. We're, we're gonna thinking, make a big push. We'll do a little there drive. we go. Won't take long to do it because place ain't that, ain't that big. So <laughs> you do have a good. Was it 33 or 35? 35. Um, and you got a uh, good 35. It is. It's in a great neighborhood and uh, it's got a lot of potential and. Um, well, there was the neighborhood was good, but uh, we'll get we'll get her back there where where she needs to be here uh, soon enough. But uh, might take a few years to get it back. But that's all right. You know, that's I, I I'm lucky. I, I shot one in 15 and didn't shoot another one until 18. So time know, to recover. Especially if I can get two down this year. I mean, I'm good for another five years. So yeah. um, that group's liable to take another four or five out of there. So. Yeah, you, you just you never know what's what's going to happen. And so we'll get another podcast recorded, hopefully the first part of the week, and let you guys know. Uh, how our gun seasons went and uh, what we're planning uh, in the meantime, see where the rut's at and what our plan's going to be between first and second shotgun season. So uh, anybody else have any uh, final thoughts before we wrap this thing up here? Shoot straight. Shoot often if you need to. Yeah, Be safe. You know, know your target. Know what's downrange. Um, I mean, you know, we, we do kind of joke around, but – uh, safety is a big key, especially, you know, during these gun seasons. There's a lot of people in the timber, um, you know, even with them wearing their orange sometimes, you know, uh, your eyes can play tricks on you. You know, you get buck fever a little bit. So just know what you're shooting at. Know what's beyond your target. Uh, enjoy it. Take a kid hunting. Um, 
you know, this is the some of the best times of the year right now, mid-November coming into gun season. Uh, before you know it, we'll be sitting around waiting for it to happen again. So, uh, Ryan, thank you for coming on. Um, it's good to be here. We, we appreciate everything that you've done for – the podcast and for us so far we look forward to uh continuing it you look on our website under partners the only partner we have right now is ryan kirby art and uh you got to start somewhere and i'm happy for that so i think that's going to wrap it up for episode number four i would like to thank everybody for listening today please check us out on our uh, facebook page instagram twitter youtube at Deerland podcast you can also check out our website deerlandpodcast.com make sure that you do like comment subscribe share Tell as many people as you can about this show if it's something that you do enjoy listening to. So until next time, we'll see you later.